1: Welcome to Ministers Talking Show. a weekly program where Rev. Briz and Rev. Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old s*** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking S*** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond.
0: Hello again, dear ones. Rev Z with you over here. Rev Z right here, and we're a couple of ministers talking shit. It's Friday morning on the Mountain Time Zone. And well, yeah, it's Friday morning on whatever time zone you're on, but we're on the mountain time zone. It's uh, 7 a.m. time for our time to get together. All right, I'm going to, let's just restart, you know. <laughs> Glad you're with us, folks. Feel free to join us in the comment box, chat along uh, as we explore some of the top stories of the day. And uh, Z and our prep this morning. Uh, you woke me up to a story I didn't even know was going on, and it's the kind of story I love to to feature. I might have to feature it on tonight's episode of The Good News. Why don't, uh, why don't you kick us off and share with everybody what's going on?
2: Yes, yes. So uh, we had history made. Um, the space station has six, the International Space Station has six new members, one of them being the first black female uh, to spend a long length of time named Jessica Watkins. Uh, and and I, I was surprised to know she's uh she's um has the same birthday with my daughter, so she says a birthday with my daughter in May. And uh, she has Colorado ties, her parents live in Lafayette, and she seems like a very interesting person. I'm just you know beginning to dig into her her bio, if you will, Stanford grad, undergrad, and, and PhD from, um, from UCLA. She was, she was a a rugby player. Um, You know, so here's someone who is uh, pretty adept at, at, at being physical and mental, if you will, uh, which brings together this real serious presentation of how we live in this life and how we get around. So, kudos to her. And and they, they had a little meeting with the Russians up there and all that went well, given all the other stuff. So, hey, kudos, kudos.
0: At least in space, we can act like we're all one. Right. At least, yeah. That's the nice part. In space, we can still believe we're all we could act like we're all what we believe it down here. But uh, I wanted to say a big shout out to Jessica Watkins too. And, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, here's a little bit of my personal white privilege, folks, is I was surprised because I thought this would have happened long ago. Mm-hmm. There have been women on the space station all along. I didn't I it never occurred to me that we hadn't yet sent a woman of color up there. So, uh, congratulations, Jessica! I know you'll ne- probably never see this broadcast, but that's okay. Maybe she's maybe she's listening in from yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: And, and and we're gonna give a shout out to her high school, uh, Fairfield High School, over in uh, Boulder. So uh, I'm sure there are a bunch of excited. Uh, I think they're the Mustangs, Fairfield Mustangs. My son's school played them in uh, football. Uh, so hey, congrats, congrats to to all y'all over there who uh, are cheering her on. I'm sure.
0: And this may not not be the only time we hear Jessica's name, not just because of she's gonna spend six months on the on the space station. She's also part of NASA's Artemis program. And um, the Artemis project is to return to the moon. Yeah. So while the crew the next crew to go to the moon has not been announced or any of that stuff, uh, she would be in the running. So it's a very possibility right. that we could see her going to the moon at some point as well. Hey, let's do a quick shout out. Good morning, Linda. Good to see you, dear one. Glad you're with us. Brother Wayne, it's always a gift when you're present. We we think the same way. We love seeing you here with us. Thanks for being with us. Anyone else that's out there, if you're watching and you want to uh, chat along, please do. Drop your name, comment, or a suggestion in the comment box, we'll, be, uh, we'll say hello to you. And if you have an idea, folks, of something you'd like us to talk about, or maybe somebody you'd like us to talk to, please send us an email, ministertalk at ntmedia.org. That's ministertalk at ntmedia.org. We'd love to learn more about what you'd like to see us talking about here on Friday mornings. Uh, okay, we also had a toss-up today. Because there's two really big stories in the news, neither of which have an awful lot of consequence to, to most of us. Number one, the richest man in the universe went and bought Twitter.
1: Uh, I haven't heard
0: Elon Musk has purchased Twitter, is in the process of uh, purchasing Twitter. Uh, it still has to go through SEC regulations and approval and all that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, one of the ones I love this week, I don't know if this is real. I'm pretty sure this is just a fake meme, but I saw a meme that had his face on it and said, Okay, next I'm buying Coca-Cola and gonna put the cocaine back in it. <laughs> and, and then there was another one that said, Next I'm gonna buy every airline on the planet and pay the ramp and pay everybody for their whole all their whole work day. I guess uh flight attendants don't make money when the plane is at the at the gate, I guess, but it, all in all, this is a huge, this is a huge topic because there's obviously two very different camps here. Those that are concerned about free speech Mm -hmm. um, and those that seem to think this is the best thing possible for free speech. It's hard to determine because we haven't seen any action from them yet. Z, what's your take on all this? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting you know scenario
2: right because you know one of the first things that came up was can this this dude can he really manage three huge companies between Tesla SpaceX um, Twitter and and all the other sundry things he has but those are three major companies in very different, ecosystems, if you will. And so that, that, that thing came up as, you know, how's he going to do it? um And I, you know, I said that about all the other stuff he did. So I, I ain't counting him out, but that's definitely <laughs> going to be, that's definitely going to be a concern. And, and of course the big thing is the whole thing with the second amendment and, you know, people who got banned. I also There's also been talk about people who were banned previously may be able to come back and, You're going to look at all of that. Um, And, you know, they're supposed to stop or or, or try to stop some of the the bullying and cyber bots and all of that stuff, fake news or whatever. Uh, And, and, you know, given what Elon has done already, uh, technically, I think he can probably come up with the people and the money to make that happen. But it'll be an interesting thing. Uh, I guess you you brought something up earlier this morning about him uh bringing the old the founder Jack Dorsey back um so you, you know t- tell everybody what you found there about, about his his uh his genie in the bottle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is still the speculation game, folks. But uh, there is a theory floating around the internet now that probably the best move for Elon would be to bring back Jack Dorsey. Jack was part of the original team that launched Twitter. Um, he was its first CEO, and then uh, took some years, took a few years off, came back as for a second term as CEO. Uh, now, Jack. That, so originally from 20, 2006 to 2008, and then again from 2015 to 2021, uh, he is also the owner of a company called Block, now called Block, used to be called Square. So it's the payment processing company Square. And uh, so Jack's no, no stranger to all of this. There No word yet from his side, whether he would take the job if offered again or not. Um, The one thing we, as you were saying, you know, it's yet to be seen if Elon can do this. However, it would appear that some of his Tesla investors don't believe it. Tesla dropped twelve percent yesterday on the stock exchange, lost a value of over one hundred twenty-six billion million or billion. What was it? Let me make sure. Uh, Losses of one hundred twenty-six billion dollars yesterday in in active trading so the investor world seems to think he can't do this or or there's just a lot of people that don't believe it's the right thing and are trying to get out of tesla because of what he's doing right right,
2: right. you know because there's this whole thing uh one of the speculations obviously is the twitter in chief as they sometimes used to call him uh will he be allowed to come back and spread venom uh as some people say so that's right. going to be key um, and, and, you know, now in this environment uh, where, you know, everything is crazy in the economic and and uh, stock market world, people are beginning, and, and these are big players. Now, remember, I mean, we're looking at the price of these stocks, Twitter stock, you know, I can't, I don't have any. Um, so <laughs> these guys who are making these stock pools are, uh, you know, potentially are trying to make a statement about the direction or give some you know, guidance with their dollars on where he should go with this.
0: Right. So, you know, folks, what ultimately I have to believe that free speech wins out, that this isn't about censorship. This isn't. And I I really do believe the market will balance and not just the market. Let's let's make it not about the market the flow of humanity balances itself out. The universe has a great way of course correcting when something goes awry and when something doesn't turn out quite the way uh, it's meant to, I guess. Well, I'm not going to get into predestiny either today, but ultimately uh, he who shall not be named has said, no, he wouldn't come back, which is okay. Uh, if Elon can go in and clean up the bullion and clean up some of the the persistent invasive marketing and advertising that some of these platforms have devolved into i think it's got to be a win for free speech yeah
2: well and 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 here's the other thing that came out the other day that i thought was so interesting right is this whole conversation about if twitter can make the if 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 Elon can go in there and do the tweaks uh, what's going to happen to that platform that the president created to do his own tweets um, that, from what I understand, is not doing so well? Um, and I don't know how much money he he dashed into it. But, you know, there's also that thing where uh, he had other, other, ventures other ventures where if they didn't work, he walked away and didn't pay people. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the outcome of that. And, and just speaking of tweets, or just while we're talking about tweets, I mean, and, and, and Twitter, uh, for those who aren't familiar, there's been a lot of tweets going on about the NFL draft that started yesterday, too. The, 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 the airways have been burning up, um, and um, for all you all you sports fans, and so I just want to put my tweet on this new Twitter thing here called the internet, <laughs> that, that, that the Denver Broncos has nine picks this year so they they're looking to get some some uh help for Russell Wilson and try to make a run for that Super Bowl so it'll be exciting to see what falls out now back to the team space
0: yeah we'll we'll keep you informed on the highs and the lows of the Broncos season throughout <laughs> throughout the year here uh so okay <laughs> let's get back into the news a little bit our top story at this one this one's really important, and this is another one. Um, got right past me; I didn't see it, and and I'm I'm a little bummed out that people aren't making a bigger deal about this uh, because this has huge ramifications, um, not just for Harvard, but for colleges across the entire Ivy League. And I'm going to say it now: businesses and organizations and across all of America, of the United States. A real precedent has been set. Z, fill us in a little bit.
2: Yeah. So the other day, Harvard um, made this announcement. They released this report of how, in a detailed report, I mind you, of their involvement in the U.S. slave trade, which include faculty members and staffs uh, who owned slaves and 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 professors who was teaching racial eugenics, which is this whole thing about blacks were genetically inferior and, and so forth. And, you know, um, it, 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 they, they had over staff had like 70 to 79 slaves. I, I heard, I think the official number is 70, but they've also said something like 79, some kind of tangential way. And it's huge because you look at these elite schools and, and just to let you know, in terms of, Elite schools, uh, Brown University was involved some kind of way. Columbia University, Dartmouth, Georgetown, we, uh, John Hopkins, UPenn, Princeton, Yale. All of these schools were involved in slavery and the slave trade. And so you know you wonder you oh know, why don't you, you know you guys have set up the most elite schools in the country in the world, in fact, that built that whole legacy off the backs of African-American people. So, yeah. I mean, there is a, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot to fall out. And so if somebody starts talking about reparations, then it's like, oh, oh, but look at the reparation, these elite, I mean, these schools have billions of dollars in endowments.
0: Right. So And part of what this, we haven't, I haven't had a chance to read the whole study, folks. We've left a link in the comments for you to take a deeper look at this uh, and read it for yourself. Uh, And I do intend to read this entire thing sometime over the weekend. The part of what's happening here is that not only were there people that owned slaves on Harvard, on the campus during its early years, but. During the first half of the 19th century there are about five guys that financially supported the institution and they were all profiting from slave labor yeah this it, it's really hard to deny that the entire school brick the buildings the the, the infrastructure was built on the profits of slave labor of yeah. slave labor and so uh, Harvard is committing a hundred million dollars. To a reparations program. Now I know here in the United, you know, reparations is the word we're not supposed to say, right? (laughs) Nobody's allowed to really talk about reparations because, well, that just, that's just like, that's a a key word for money. Like, like it's going to cost me, like it's going to cost me anything. Or it's going to, it might cost those of you that are going to Harvard in the next few years, somebody, your tuition might go up a little bit uh, or a whole lot. Uh, but, but I want to give Harvard some due and some credit here as well. We wouldn't be talking about it if not, because this is the start. Uh, and I would anticipate seeing other Ivy League schools and other schools. And as I said at the top of the story, other organizations and companies, a chance to start saying, OK, what do we do? So part and of this when we, is-
2: when, we, when, we, when we look at Harvard's endowment, they can afford that because their endowment is uh i think at the end of last year the fiscal year 2021 it was 52.3 billion dollar endowment for harvard right so they they yeah. got a little they money to around
0: <laughs> they, got could some- give,
2: they could give 200 million and still have 53 billion left yeah
0: that's true in one of the statements, they uh, indicated that they're doing the genealogy work to actually identify the descendants of the people that were enslaved on, on and uh, and are looking to make reparations. Again, it's not all financial. Reparations isn't just a check. Yeah. yeah, To me, it's a state of consciousness. It's a state of saying, and if we break it down, every time I hear reparations, I hear Repair. We're repairing the division. We're repairing the wounds, the hurt. We're repairing what was done to a, a, a whole culture of people. And uh, and while yeah, Harvard is a small piece of the puzzle, every piece of the puzzle is going to have to stand up and do and and do this.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I think it's time for forensic accounting. Of our major college institutions to see, well, how much did they really profit, and is there is is their success built more on the backs of slaves than it was on by the hands of white guys with nice shirts and rich educations? It uh, it could be a long it could be a long story, I, so Z? yeah, well, and, and you know. You know
2: one of the other things that's interesting here is uh and it comes up often when when the conversation of reparation comes up, that there's yeah. also that point that says, Well, we can't do that. But then there, you know, the Japanese who were in intern- who were internment camps here, they got paid for being, you know, during the war, broke they, they were in concentration and they got some reparations, if you will. Uh now. Trying to re, trying to do reparations for ex slaves or, uh, or descendants of slave, you know, might be a little still challenging. But you know, if you can go out and prove it, uh, however you do, I mean, there should be some some factor considered. I don't know whether somebody gets a free education or I, you know they got all kinds of things on the table. But but it's an interesting conversation, and as we can. You know, when we look at here's Harvard teaching uh, racial eugenics, but when the when critical race theory is trying to be taught, there's an exception to that, right? Uh, but 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 this other thing, eugenics was taught, and who knows, might still be be around somewhere. Who knows?
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Z, you said the other thing we're not supposed to say: critical race theory, right? And I, so we're going to get into this because this one. Just confounds me. Everybody yeah. and their grandma, well, all right, not everybody and their grandmother, but there's a real push in this country. I don't think people understand that critical race theory is not something we're teaching in primary school or middle school or even high school. High schoolers only know about it because we're talking about it in the media and they're smart enough to do a little research and find out what it really is. Critical race theory is something that came out of college campuses and the ability to not not to be critical, but to take a critical look at how race developed, how the concept of race developed in, in the United States, and how through slavery we perverted any opportunity for people of color to have an equal shot on this on, on this continent and and not that it and, and it wasn't just the original importation of slaves it it's all the systems and everything that was built beyond that even after slavery was abolished yeah the systems yeah. and the and the things we put in the laws that were put into place to you know we'll say it straight up to keep the black man down okay. Okay. and this has to be part of the solution
2: and you know and you know, It's it's interesting because um, I know in Georgia, right? When 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 uh, back in the 1770s, when when settlers came there, that was all Indian territory. And if you came there, you could settle that land. It was Creek Nation. You could settle the land, and you could get for the head of household would get 200 acres. And then you could get another 50 acres per person in your family, including slaves, up to mm-hmm. a thousand acres of land. So now, you know, so so maybe that's where the idea of 50 acres or 40 acres, they they took yeah. 10 back, but but should have been 50 acres And a mule came from, <laughs> right? Because when you were accumulating your land, at least up to a thousand acres, for every slave you own, they gave you 50 acres of land and they just pushed the Native Americans across into that whole trail of tears thing. And, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. to, to to really get to the bottom of this, we we have to we have to take our kid gloves off on all fronts. We we and and dig deep. It's gonna be emotional, it's gonna be uh uh, you know, turbulent but it is through this kind of understanding and discovery of what really took place when we look at disparities for people of color excuse me that we have to do if we want to heal and i think the majority of people want to heal because it, it keeps spiraling
0: yeah you you bring up a good part of it right is yeah none of this was was our land to begin with as well uh and uh the uh Great, great question. Let's get Linda in here. Spirituality. If new thought focuses on the now, how do we include the now into problems such as this one? Just a philosophical uh, consideration. Thank you, Linda. Um, and I think this is part of what Z is talking to. Um, is it's kind of like an old sweater, and you pull at one thread, and one thread leads to another thread, and another thread. The next thing you know, you don't have a sweater anymore. You got a ball of yarn mm-hmm. or a pile of yarn laid around. We're not talking about dismantling everything, but we are talking about taking a deeper dive and a bigger look at how did organizations and systems develop? And yeah, what can we do? Um, one of the things we can do is you can go out and buy this book. It's a workbook. It's called recovery from the lie of whiteness. I'm personally in a class right now working on through that workbook. and. Being able to just take an authentic introspection, not of how I may have perpetuated racism or not how I may have uh, knowingly or unknowingly uh, contributed to the problems, but also taking a look at what can I do now that I've identified I have a problem. Now that I've identified, I, in in some small way or in some large way, contributed to the problem, what do I do next? And I think part of it starts with having conversations like this. Uh, I also think that part of it is we, as white people in, the, in America, as people that are challenged in the color of our skin, we've got to get out and have deeper conversations, be able to listen more and to get involved with saying... I may have turned a blind eye until now, but today I'm awake, and today I'm going to start talking about it, and I'm going to let my my dollars do what work they can do, and have the conversations to say that we're not going to let this continue.
2: And you know, you know, I, I thank you, Linda, for that question because it spawned something in my mind uh, around this whole thing. You know, and as you know, who watch, I, I like to take it to a to a science. Kind of realm that we can understand, but it's just like the idea: if you have an illness or something going on in your body, and you go, you can't quite describe it. You go to the doctor. The doctor, the doctor checks out everything, everything. everything and, and starts ruling stuff out. Is it the flu? Do you have a cold? Is it cancer? Is it this? Is it that? Until they can get to the core of what's causing the problem, because that problem is affecting all the systems, right? and so once we can locate the problem then we can start working on that and doing some sundry things for all these other uh systems that make up the whole right now um as we begin to really try to unravel some of this separation that we've created and we're seeing it being displayed in ukraine and russia right now just to the nth
0: degree, right. Every one of us has to do what we feel it within, what we're internally called to do, to either bring light to what happened, to call for a new way of being, uh, for honoring uh, the the repercussions. Um, You know, as we're sitting here, we talked about football and Colin Kaepernick came to mind because what Colin did was took a small step within his organization, within his community to try to honor people of color that have been uh, wrongfully abused at the hands of the police. And this is a direct outpicturing of this entire issue. Um, He was ostracized for it. He was made to be a villain for it. Now, I love the fact that uh, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, Mark Davis, Al Davis's son, has recently stated that he would welcome Colin Kaepernick with open arms and that he deserves a shot to be in the NFL again. That's one of the ways we can, and, and I'm not a big, huge football fan, and, and that's one of the ways we can say we can make a difference is to call Mark Davis and call the LA Ra- the uh, sorry I never know where they are anymore. The Vegas Raiders send a letter, let them know you want to see the man on the team. I uh, do something in your local community. There right. there are countless ways to be involved,
2: and. And, and, you know, and, and at least give him a shot so that he can stand on his own merits. Give him a shot. If he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Then you move on. But now it seems obvious that there's some discrimination, if you will, going on, because nobody will even give him a shot.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, because there because. well. We're not going to get into that side of it either. That's a that's a wormhole we could go down, folks, and we'd be there for weeks. So yes, uh, yes. As, my, as my teenager says, capitalism. Uh, so hey do remember folks we do love to hear what you've got to say and what you've got to think as well your comments are important to us as well thank you linda for getting us kicked off into that direction a little bit z what do you see on the horizon we've uh we're going to take a couple extra. we're going into overtime here folks this is the new thing on ministers talking shit uh once he gets past the bottom of the hour we're in overtime and uh we're allowed to spend a little bit of time in overtime if we want just so we're we're off the air before our next program so um what's uh let's let's I want to create a prescription I want to create a vision something like what can what can we look towards uh in relation to reparations and a, a, a healing of the racial injustices that have been perpetuated across the last 400 years in America wow take a minute, you know, (laughs) I'll do it.
2: I'll do it. Uh, you know, we, we've all seen all the advertisements for EA sports, right. Uh, for the different football games. And so I think we need to create a EA sports and that EA stands for education and activation, uh, and begin to take, to educate, which is what needs to, to be done to let people know that, okay, these are the things that happen. And I, and I applaud Harvard for, for being a little transparent on this, for saying, hey, we, you know, somebody had a conscience and said we got we to gotta educate the people about what we did. And then we got to take some action or some activation to begin to make some amends. Now, you know, how do you calculate that value from over 300, 400 years ago? I mean, that's some of the stuff happened in the 1700s. Um, so we got, we got 400 years there. We trying to, um, deal with, but, but that's what we need to do. And we need to have the conversations and come up with action plans. No matter. I mean, we, we can't skimp on those actions though. We have to understand that we can't do tokens tokenism. We have to make a real effort to turn this thing around.
0: Yeah. Yes. It feels, what's flooding into my head, right, is folks, it might also be a time for you to do a forensic accounting of your own finances and take a look at where, and if, if you're in a 401c, uh, 401c3 or so, whatever those, are, 401 k uh, the cake, thank you. Um, I, I say 501c3 so many times a day I get lost. Uh, but take a look, are the companies that you invest in taking actions are are they taking a step that can be enough and if not consider divesting yourselves of those companies and put your put your money put your energy put your voice to the companies that are making a difference so i want to keep an eye on twitter um not because i want to go buy it not because i want to financially support it but i want to i do want to watch our changes being made i'm going to be watching harvard more as well. Are they uh, living up to this? You know, it's um, one of the other stories we're not talking about is this celebrity trial that's going on. Um, But it came out this week that Amber Heard was agreed to make a major donation from the divorce with Johnny Depp. And they look at the finances and she hasn't done a third of what she's committed to doing. As far as financial contribution that she committed to. And so we hear people say they're going to do good, but we got to stay with it and we got to follow it and we got to make sure that it actually does happen. I'm going to trust that Harvard's really going to do what Harvard says it's going to do, and it's going to put a hundred million dollars into reparations, repairing the relationship it has with humanity, with with the human race. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways we can create a world that works for all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, and like, like the advertisement go, uh, EA sports, get in the game. You got to get in this game if you want to educate and activate and have a, have a, have a say and a part to play in, 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 uh, working with the scales of justice and balancing things out
0: exactly. Folks, you know, we normally do a, a a a final thought on this program, but I think Z just hit it for us. Get in the game, educate and activate. And if that education starts with you and you need to get educated, Reach out, let us know. Minister Talk at ntmedia.org. We could put some great resources in your hands. Uh, I do believe New Club Media Network's going to be offering a version of this 12-step program later in the year. And uh get involved, educate and, and activate. Cool. Z, anything we're forgetting before we let these folks get back into their morning? No, just uh, you know, have a lovely weekend and
2: uh, you know. As they say, tighten up on your backstroke and uh, let's get moving.
0: Tighten up on your backstroke. All right, folks, we are going to get out of here. Thanks for being with us. Stay tuned here on the New Thought Media Network. It's a Friday, so we got all kinds of great stuff happening. Seku writes, and Be Your Own Hero is up in just about seven or eight minutes. Eight fifteen, it's the morning prayer. Eight thirty, it's Rev Melissa with the morning sip. And today being Friday, uh, we've got new shows coming on Friday, but not until the middle of June. So watch for two new shows coming on Fridays in the middle. of june however today at one o'clock it's just one you with reverend barbara out of toronto uh later this evening good new the good news at five o'clock and our fireside chat at 6 p.m all times mountain uh here on the new thought media network thanks for being with us we're going to get out of here for now until next time we wish you peace and richest blessings
2: one well, love, well, love.
0: Oh, and I hit the wrong button. I'm supposed to hit this button.
1: And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking. <laughs> we'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other <laughs> our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our <laughs> with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.